0: has power it has light it has life your word is the son of god and we thank you jesus for giving us this opportunity to be in your presence to learn from you so that we can carry out your will in this earth we thank you for it in jesus name amen and praise god amen all right any runny noses any stuffed up noses we take care of them now we don't have you sitting here looking for tissues all day and can on and can on if anybody needs prayer come on up then come on up if you want to be prayed come on come on come on keep it coming keep it coming yes Mm -hmm. why haven't you said yes amen so uh because there I think there's something in this that uh we can get to understanding more about the grace of God when we say yes and amen to what God has proposed 2 Corinthians 1, is our scripture. We read it. We'll read it again. It says here, for the pro- all the promises of God in him, that means in Christ, according to your spirit, man, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And what that means is that God will fulfill anything in his word that we say yes and amen to by your spirit man that is by him when we say by him we mean by the power of your spirit man your carnal man likes the promises of god too but he likes to get them his way he cannot lie cheat steal huh? and and we have to make sure we understand which part of us is engaged in the work that God has put before us or in the promises that he has put before us. And so we have to allow your spirit, man, if you think about it like this, when you're a new Christian or newly saved or newly applying yourself to the things of God, now I'm not saying if you've only been saved this long you can only have this much, and I don't know what pace God will grow yet. And then there are some graces that we are afforded, that will make you seem like a pro day one you understand what i'm saying Uh, most christians when they're newly saved are so on fire about their own salvation that you can win a soul as quick as an evangelist that's been at it for a long time can and so that's a grace that's afforded to you a divine ability on your heart that says this is real to me and it's so real, there's an abundance and overflow on the inside of me that flows out onto other people. Healing comes like that to some people, especially if you've been sick. If you've ever been sick in your life and God heals you, you can wait to tell somebody. And then when you find out, you can lay hands on people. Man, you, you got it then, you know. Amen. Some people are that way in finances. You can believe God. You know, I know y'all be on Pastor Shirley sitting on her lap. I'm going to knock on your door. Tap on your pain. That's the way y'all do her because you know she can come through for you. Y'all have spent up all y'all bill money and everything. Knock on your door. Tap on your pain give you an offering one day but it ain't coming today Uh so all y'all owe her you understand what i'm saying when you get your when you get your crazy money she ought to be the first person you uh-huh 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 christmas birthday uh uh-huh coming up coming up huh (laughs) but that don't stop y'all from sliding on (laughs) there Right. <laughs> so those are graces that are afforded to us, Amen. And and to be honest with you, they stay in your life if you use them. <laughs> so they they stay strong in her life because she uses them from y'all beggars. <laughs> Praise God, Amen. And so and it's just that way. You 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 have certain things, abilities, divine abilities that are afforded to you by the Spirit of God as the Spirit wills, see, as the Spirit wills. And so we know that you can say that enables us then as a body to function at full capacity or fuller capacity, because where would your finances be then if she didn't pray for you? Amen. And where would your health be if you couldn't get prayer for healing and you didn't understand divine health? And so these are the things that are afforded to us by the Spirit of God that he anticipates that we will use. And so these promises then have to be said yes and amen to by us through the Spirit of Christ that lives in us. Not through your flesh, but through the Spirit of Christ that lives in us. Now we all know how to get hard down serious when we need something, huh? You know, if you don't believe in confessing your sins like these new grace people tell you, you don't have to confess your sins all the time. And we'll talk about that a little bit because it's, you know, when we talked about Jacob last week, we talked about the fact that he went from a man who was a deceiver Let me see if I need to go back. Well, I'll just encapsulate it for you because this is the essence of the amen in our conversation with God. See, you can say, yes, I want something. You don't know which one of you is talking. Is it your flesh? It is your spirit. Because your flesh hears at the same time your spirit, your flesh be reading through that Bible and sifting through say, what can I get today? Or when you get a prophecy, your flesh will take it and run away with it. Want to start carrying it out for you. So you have to put a little harness on that bad boy because he'll get ahead of your spirit, man, and run off with your stuff and squander it. And You understand what I'm saying? And so if we don't understand how to harness that part of us that lives in lust and lives in deception, then we won't be able to come through with the yes and amen of god through him by us you got me it's through christ but it's by us we have to work in concert with the holy spirit that lives in us and so jacob had been plagued by a bad reputation of stealing from people and he was good at it because he could con other people and help him steal (laughs) he conned his mother into stealing you know he got the birthright but he didn't get the blessing the blessing is what releases it into your hand see in in hebrew culture you were entitled to certain things by birth esau came out first and he was entitled to what they call the birthright that's the blessing and inheritance of the firstborn but if you didn't want it, it could be forfeited any time if you decided you wanted to forfeit it. And he, his brother Jacob, tricked him into forfeiting that. He saw his little brother uh, Esau was kind of greedy, and he caught him one day hungry, and was feeding him, offered him some food, and he said, "I'll trade you this pot of food for your birthright." In other words, he traded his whole life savings and inheritance he traded off his future for a temporary pleasure very common folks very common but that was one thing he was entitled to it by forfeiture but it had to be conferred on him by the father through blessing it's two steps to everything now that didn't stop Jacob. He said, "Hey, if I can if I can trick the brother out of this, I know I got game for my old blind old daddy, huh?" So he got his mother to help him stick hair on his body so he felt and smelt like his brother, and the father wound up conferring that he spoke that, but and after that it was over. So Jacob had the blessing conferred on him. But it caused so much turmoil in the family, he wound up having to run away from from his birth, uh, from his blessing, and have to create blessing for himself in another place. Well, when he gets over to his next destination, he's got to, to trust God because he didn't know anybody. So little bit by little bit, he begins to trust God. And you know the story, Laban, who was his intended father-in-law, uh tricked him into working 14 years for the woman that he wanted to marry and jacob because he knew how to work his game he said it was like nothing to him to work all those years because there was something he wanted at the end of the
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and so he had earned such a bad reputation that laban and laban tricked him God got him to look at his life through this man who was doing the same thing to him that he had done to other people. Anybody been there? That'll make you good and sick of your old ways. If they get tricked, if you get caught up and get tricked by him yourself. So this causes Jacob then to pay more attention to God. Who he hasn't really checked in with much of his life. And he confronts God about his lifestyle and about his living and so forth and so on. You remember the dream he had. He saw a ladder going up and down to heaven, and that was God telling him that he wanted to adopt him as his son, and he wanted him to do things God's way. And God saw, he saw all these angels coming up and down the ladder to heaven, bringing things to earth, and he wanted to be a part of it. Right. He even felt he had to wrestle with the angel to get it from him. Old ways still creeping up in there. But that didn't stop God from working with him and helping him in him. Huh? You show me anything, anybody who does this perfectly, and I'll show you a liar. Right. Huh? That's why we serve a merciful God. Amen. And see, we'll get to know his mercy. See, your ideas, as you interact with God, the Bible says... That that we have all things that pertain to life and godliness, and he has made us partaker of his divine nature. And he's given us great and precious promises so that we might be partakers of the divine nature. So while you think you're praying and serving God for things and goodies, he's changing you on the inside. See what I'm saying? And that's exactly what he did with Jacob. He changed him on the inside. So much so that when Jacob got ready to leave Laban, instead of him going for his old tricks again, he told Laban this, and it's very important for us to know this will happen for us. He said, my righteousness will speak for me. In other words, no more lying, no more cheating, no more blaming, no more. There's something to that. When you have righteousness speaking for you. See, that that encounter with Jacob assured him of something. Jacob, when he encountered, you remember he wrestled all night with the angel. You got me? And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And bless him, he did, because when he let him go, Jacob talked differently. He wasn't trying to go to Laban and say, let me and my family go, and what do I have? He wasn't bargaining anymore for his blessing when righteousness speaks for you you bargain no more when righteousness speaks for you you don't sit up and wonder why it's taking so long if what did you do wrong that you can't get it yet when righteousness speaks for you you have an assurance that god has promised and god will deliver and you can patiently wait for the delivery of your promise while you joyfully serve god when righteousness speaks for you and this is a challenge for us, but we, because we are accustomed to bargaining and blaming and trying to prove we're innocent and prove we didn't do nothing and prove we're. You understand what I'm saying? That's not righteousness. Amen. It's not. One of the things that you must get when you, when you, when the blood of Jesus is active in your life. And it does the, the efficient work that it is called to do. One thing you have to be sure of, you know, the Bible says that, that He forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All of it. That means that you stand righteous in God's eyes, but you gotta know that for yourself. If you don't know that, you better get to knowing it. I'm serious, because that is 100% everything. See, we skipped over that part of the atonement, and we go on to gifts and tongues and gifts and prophecies and all this kind of stuff. And see, you didn't stay at the foot of the cross and get washed in enough of that so that you understand who you are. There's something that that blood does that's called absolution. That means you have been absolved. And see, most Christians never walk in that. Because if we did, we'd walk in more power, more certainty about God. We'd make more right decisions. And when we mess up, we'd be assured that we're cleansed. If we confess our sins again and get right back up under that blood washing and let that blood wash us clean and get all the guilt you know you don't believe in the atonement if you walk around guilty and making excuses for yourself that should never be in a christian's vocabulary it should never be part of our life to absolve means to declare someone blame free why are you always hiding and making excuses for yourself if you're blame free you should be able to let people ridicule you accuse you talk about you whatever you don't mutter a word huh why are we afraid to reach out in faith for certain things why and see this has to do with why we don't say yes and amen to many things that god has planned for our lives because we don't believe we deserve them because we in our own souls have not received the atonement Always concerned about when somebody thinks about you. Go take a blood
1: bath.
0: <laughs> huh? If that's where you live, you need to get back under there until you get a sir. Will You have an assurance that that blood has done its work in your life. It's not a one-time work. I hear people say, it's a finished work. What does that mean to you? That's just a slogan to tell somebody so you can start an argument with people you consider beneath you. That's all they do. You don't know as much about God as I do. I believe it's a finished work. Well, if it's finished, go preach that to, uh, teach that to enough Christians out here who are living in doubt and condemnation. Can't get their prayers answered. Can't get a healing or keep here. Preach that to them because they need to know it if you know it so well. Don't make you better than nobody. Go live it and see if you can get more people under it it means to declare god has declared you bl- blame free that means when you do something wrong you should have no problem taking responsibility for it because the minute you receive a responsibility you get under the atonement and it god takes it away from you and you are blame free it means to be not guilty you did it, but you're not guilty. Oh! Well, yeah, that means we can't accuse the saints of nothing no more. You can't feel better than somebody no more. You can't feel you got it made and they all, you know, uh.
1: well,
0: so-and-so, they probably ain't saved. hmm <laughs> It means also to be not responsible. Oh, how could I be responsible and not responsible? Well, as long as you were 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 under, before you confessed it, you were. But after you confessed it, you're not. See, where, where greasy grace people make their mistake, they want you to be not responsible ever for anything you do. You can be responsible long enough to carry it to the foot of the cross. After that, it's atoned for, and you're not responsible for it anymore. Huh? Now, this is, what, this is what Jacob experienced. He quit begging Laban and said something he'd never said before. He said, my righteousness will speak for me when God's ready to let it be revealed to you. Oh! You thought you had to defend yourself to everybody. You thought you had to explain yourself to everybody. You thought you had to go through life making excuses for your shortcomings. Well, you know, uh, uh, what is that thing they say? Uh, be patient with me. God ain't through him. That ain't your business. <laughs> Told you to keep count of my sins. God's not through with me yet. You don't owe any human being an explanation about your relationship with God. Tell him your righteousness will speak for you when it's time. Just hide and watch. God will let you see it when it's time for you to see it. Just make sure you're in Christ to see it because if you're in the flesh, you won't know what's going on. jacob said god gave me a plan for how i'm gonna get away from you laban and i'm trusting god now in case y'all didn't know huh i know what i used to be he didn't even address his past he just did my righteousness you understand what i'm saying you have to make excuses for your sins to anybody now you have to apologize if you've offended somebody you gotta respect people, but as far as owing them an explanation for who you are now, you know let your righteousness talk for you. Yes. People watch people forever. People you don't like, the way they dress, the way they look, the way they preach, the way they talk. They don't deserve to be up there. Well, how can they be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> mm, hide and watch. My righteousness is speaking. Huh? As long as I don't let you get in my head.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and see, that's what excuse making does. That means they already written free space in your head. Huh? Because you let them little words creep in there instead of standing on what the blood has done for you. Huh? In the atonement, receiving the atonement. That's a powerful statement. It's been done for you, but have you received it? Uh-huh. Are you the free Are you free to walk on with God because you've received that you are blameless, that you are uh, not guilty, amen, that you've had your sins atoned for, and you don't carry them anymore in any way. See, this will help you fight symptoms off your body when they start attacking you. Huh? I like, there's a commercial I like, that little, you seen that little lady's bowel running around messing her life up. (laughs) That's what the devil does. That's your carnal man. And this lady trying to live a a good life, go to her job, and this little bowel comes up. and She says, "Ah, ah, ah." who's in charge around here? Uh, Me. So she cancels all the ladies' appointments because her bowels is acting up and she can't go nowhere. You understand? I'm going to act up on you. Now, you can't get rid of me. I'm running things around here. Well, that's what your flesh man does to you all the time. God will tell you, assure you that he's going to do something for you. And before you could say yes to them, man, them, ah, he's ah, ah, running things around here. That's canceled. You can't have that. Who you think you are? I'm running the show around here. So we have to be very, very careful that we live in an awareness of what the blood has done for us when you even if you have issues with one another if somebody offends you you're not allowed to condemn them I don't care what they did to you your 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 interaction with them can only go so far you got me you can't berate them and tell them about you know. All of the things they did in the past and how they didn't ever like a bad lawyer, huh? Now I'm just telling y'all the truth. Now you got to get with this because it will save you some trouble when your day when you need a day of deliverance in your life, huh? Because what you the measure in the measure that you measure other people is measured back to you if you're an accuser and a condemner is you're going to be piling you up on yourself huh so let's get with it here we've all if you will let others receive the atonement god will let you receive it too you understand what i'm saying but don't get in this greasy thing where you think you can run around and live in the flesh and never have to confess your sins don't get stupid you understand me don't get stupid you're confessing them to god anyway People get all hung up. And who knows something about me? We all know your 411. It don't matter to me. You take care of that between you and God. I could care less. I got enough on my plate. Huh? <laughs> on my Holy Ghost plate. I don't have time to listen to your your litany of sins and, and lack of accomplishments. I'm trying to work, walk holy for, for God myself. So your righteousness, make sure you know how to let your righteousness speak for you. Sometimes that means not responding to people who criticize, not responding to people as though that really is real in your life. You see what I'm saying? Because you have a Savior who has atoned for anything wrong, so you don't have to take responsibility for that you know, just go to god and say god you know what i said if if i'm doing something that's causing me strife with people help me not to. you understand what just be a reasonable normal person huh i don't want to cause strife among people i don't want to cause controversy i want to be a peaceful person lord help me to do that you got me and go apologize to that person say you know what i'm really sorry i just didn't really you know come on now you know, sometimes when I'm cooking with the girls, I'm under pressure. You know, we gotta get this, gotta get that, gotta get the other, and then something falls through, and I say, Oh, oh no! And they run, go hide in the car. I say, Ah, come on out of there! You know, don't be hiding for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we make up, huh? I go to them. I said, Oh, Bob, I just in a bad mood. Forgive me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Happens to anybody don't tell me you ain't been there trying to act like <laughs> no, i don't know how they could be around her I don't know how i can be around all y'all sometimes but we love each other Ah, <laughs> huh? we working on it hey lighten up sound like them people out there them hillary supporters huh everybody need a puppy all the time time off from school tuition forty thousand dollars a year and they want a day off and, and can't see this is why the world is going backwards yeah, yeah. every year we get reports about our our standing academic standing we used to be number one in everything almost except for the asians they always beat us in math and science <laughs> <laughs> Huh? seriously you don't need a puppy you have the blood atonement Amen. Huh? Amen. your sins, of sins are forgiven your tears can be dried anytime because you serve the living God. You understand me? You don't need all this. The world is too coddled as it is. And then Christians, we stand up and say things and they want to persecute us because we're we're haters and we're mean. Huh? Yeah, I mean what I say. My sins are forgiven. Amen. I'm not walking around in your guilt. I'm not walking around in your condemnation. I'm not walking around with my head hanging down like I did something wrong to you. You understand what I'm saying? Now, woman to woman, I'll apologize to you, whatever it is, to make peace. But we ain't going no further than that. You understand? You ain't taking me into condemnation with this nonsense. So your carnal man hates righteousness. You need to know you got him working against you all the time. He's the one who wants to get you to assume guilt for something. To, to backpedal off of the blood of Jesus. And what it provides for you so your carnal man will get you to second guess when you've received something from god he'll come back later and tap you on the shoulder and say are you sure god told you you could are you sure god wants you to have are you sure because you know of course you couldn't he couldn't want you to have that because you did this wrong you did that wrong you don't do this right all the time remember when you got mad at somebody and eh, you understand what i'm saying thanks for reminding me devil i think i'll confess (laughs) it to god (laughs) just in case (laughs) see i'm not one of them people who's afraid to get honest before god and afraid to confess my sins to god you understand what i'm saying i'll strip naked in front of him you understand me god clean me up get this get that get whatever you need to get get it out of here because i want to live for for you above all all things i don't hide nothing from him he's my best friend Uh too much at stake so when you when you step out to say yes and amen to the things of god we talked about the yes is something that we all kind of readily say sometimes you say a group yes know what i mean by that something you think you're supposed to say yes to because all the saints do it and they're liars anyway and you're still gonna try you get hook up hook up with some of these folks <laughs> they say yes in church and be kicking it when they get out or just done kicked it when they come to church on Sunday morning from Saturday night. You got me? And so we have to be careful that our yes is sincere. And that's why God says add an amen to that. Now what does amen say? We talked about that. Amen means you agree to whatever else comes with your yes. You're not afraid that there would be negative consequences if you say yes to god and see this is what hinders us from making a sincere yes and amen we're afraid of the amen part of it because what amen says is like mary says i'm your handmaiden we scared of that i mean i gotta serve god and do whatever he tell me to do oh he might tell me to do see that's why the amen never comes that's why the sincere yes never comes Because we are yet not trusting. Whatever the amen entails, you're not going to do no heavy lifting no way. If you believe your Bible. Didn't he say, come to me, all you who are, that's y'all, and that's me. And I will give you rest. Huh? Huh? And so what that means is that you will receive a grace to do your part, and what you're not graced to do ain't your responsibility. I'm going to say it again. But see, that's news to some people. Just turn your hearing aid up, or better yet, step on it and receive your healing. Huh? You're not accepted. to do any works beyond the grace god gives you to do them oh. see this will free a lot of people up from all of the you know how much stress people put themselves in because oh, i gotta go to the gym and I, I gotta make sure i'm in shape and i gotta make sure i was done or i gotta eat right and i'm juicing and I'm, and they juice. They bought the an expensive juice juice machines, two hundred some dollars. I said, man, the bills we could have paid with that at the church. That's how preachers look at things, huh? And went out and bought a juicer. We we're sitting up with dust on it in the corner. do you like that old kale juice? No way. No, I'm sorry, but, you know, I I love I love all people, but, you know, sometimes us African-Americans, we don't know nothing about no kale. You know collard greens, turnips, and mustard. You never bought no kale in your life. Now you'll sit up there and put it through a strainer and say you like it. Just don't be a hypocrite on top of being fat. <laughs> I'm fat, but I ain't no hypocrite about it. I'm the artist. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Just save yourself some. Don't even go down that road. I'm choosing. You knocked back so many of them in a day, you didn't have more calories than you would if you just don't eat that hamburger. Stop it. Stop it. Y'all ain't right. You know you want to shoot. Right, I get me a... a, a A piece of roast beef or some taters and gravy. I cut the portions back, you know, working on it. But I'm not going to punish myself because I done sat up and ate too much. Why? I've received the atonement. And the grace of God to do what I need to do is coming. You know I'm i walk in and out of it sometimes you know sometimes i be such a good girl i shock myself god you mean i went all day and i didn't do this i didn't eat that i didn't ever so then that says see when you it's like a drug addict you ever see you know like like people who abstain from drugs and alcohol they never reward themselves with a drink or a fix do they <laughs> The food is something totally different, though, ain't it? Yeah. Woo, I've been so good today. I think I'll have a neck bone and some
1: cornbread.
0: With a lot of pot liquor on there. Throw me some hot sauce on the side. Ooh, don't skim that grease off my neck bones. Yeah, that's a best part.
1: That's
0: what I make my gravy with. god has given us all things richly to enjoy (laughs) let him supply the moderation but you know what people do wrong they let themselves get condemned because they eat too much and then you're carrying around the extra weight and the burden on your soul and then you let them put disease on you because see you know when you're overweight you're prone to mm, 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 mm. need to plead the blood every five minutes to get out from under some of this stuff man They, they have you in a coffin at an early age just messing around with a little food huh seriously you didn't abstain from everything else. You ain't fornicating. You ain't chasing nobody's husband. You ain't doing nothing. Of You're off drugs and all that. So, okay, God, we working on this one too. You understand? Yeah. Give me the grace to just say no to the extra portion. And see what we do then. We are determined to do some heavy lifting with punishment about something ourselves instead of allowing God to afford us the grace to temper our appetites, eat wholesome, or whatever you're trying to eat. It's all good. Just bless it and throw it down is what my Bible says going there buying all those crazy stuff i was in the supermarket and the, the lady said oh, we have to stock more kale i said oh lord they have been in here too <laughs> kale people yeah. see next week see next week they'll be throwing it out because it's rotten because people see that ain't working either right. well whatever if y'all kale lovers god bless you
1: <laughs>
0: but please put aside a fat back with mine don't put mine in the juicer (laughs) give it to me i'll show you how i work with that kale anywho there's some things you need to look out for in saying yes and amen to god so we talked about do you know your sins are forgiven and you have been absolved from all responsibility if you confess your sins you got me it's dependent upon you see when jacob wrestled with the angel all night he came out different when they say wrestle they don't necessarily mean a physical wrestling but what happened was the angel taught him god's ways in a one-night visitation and when he came out of there he had a revelation of god he didn't have going in there and that is i can lay down all my conniving all my, my fears, all my uh, concerns about uh, getting more bad in life because I've done so much wrong kind of thing. You got me? He could lay all of that down, and that left him that night. And when he got out of that encounter, he made a vow to God. He says, if you will be with me and you will help me, I will give you a tenth. That was a very big statement because he, he was saying, I accept your covenant that you've offered me. And so he received a a pre-Christ blood atonement back in that day. He was assured that he could keep his end of it and be pleasing to God. Why? Because God told him, if you will do this, I will impute righteousness to you all the days of your life. You'll be able to live before me like your father did. Instead of living like you've been living, you be you get the inheritance of your father. Which to Jacob it was worth more to him to have the grace of god permanently in his life through covenant he knew what to do because when you come out of a wrestle match with god and you promise to tithe you've been knowing to do it all along you just ain't been doing it See, I remember the day when I quit struggling about can I afford it, can I afford it, can I? I wrestle, 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 and finally said, I can do this. God had grace assured me that the grace was there to do it, and I wouldn't have to worry about where the bills going to get paid, who's going to have enough, who's not going to have enough. Not pulling from it when I get nervous, I could set it apart and give it to God continually, Amen. consistently don't be mad because you got to wrestle just keep wrestling god don't if god don't care i don't care you'll get there see as long as you're determined to get there so there were things that there are things that will come to hinder us like the little bowel lady that smacks you you know cancel all your good stuff you got planned because you ain't getting it for this reason and so your your flesh man will do that to you with every promise of god You'll say yes and be believing God for something, and then all of a sudden, something in you tells you it's taking too long. That's your flesh. He's the timekeeper. You know why? Because he's on limited time. In fact, he was supposed to be dead already. But we give him credence by what? Listening. That's why God says, attend to my words. Pay attention to what I tell you. Don't pay attention to nothing else but my word. And we all know the trip. You'll go around for weeks feeling bad because you ain't gotta you have to figure out what you did wrong. And how did I miss God? Man, when would I get this? Man, man. And then all of a sudden somebody Holy Ghost slaps you out of it. Amen. Amen. And then you all it's all good again. You yeah. all just, Oh yeah, well God's gonna do this and you know, yeah. We say you weren't saying that, didn't you? Right. Uh-huh. But thank God you got there. Amen. You know what I mean? we all take and, and i thank god for this my trips down stupid lane are shorter and shorter and less and less frequent once you've been walking with god it, it you spend less time going down the road of condemnation huh let the devil do anything but condemn you because something's not right because if, if you let him do that then you put yourself right back responsible for things instead of receiving the atonement which seems, says you are blameless and you are not responsible for that. You're not responsible for your mishaps nor your do-goods.
1: Amen.
0: Good. The mishaps have been forgiven, if you'll confess it. Amen. And the do-goods give God the glory. Huh? He's the one responsible for it. Isn't that good to walk free of, of everything like that? It's a wonderful feeling. You don't have to feel pressured to do anything, perform and do it, prove to anybody anything. You don't have to do none of that stuff. So what are the things that happen that keep us from saying yes and amen to God? One of them is fear. Fear is the spirit. And it rules over your carnal man. It rules over your soulish man. The man of the flesh is still attached to the world and what the world believes and feels. Fear is the spirit that is against the spirit of God. God tells us that he didn't give it to us. You know what that means? You don't have to receive it. You don't have to receive anything. God, you belong to God. He's your daddy. You don't have to receive anything that he did not send you. So, you know, if fear comes to you and tells you, and it'll well up in your heart. You know, you get that inner seizure. You get seized by it. Huh? Start clutching your pearls, you know. Oh, my God. Uh But he says he didn't give that to you. But it's a spirit that is against the spirit of God. Fear may or may not be specific. And this is the thing. You can attach it to anything you want to. Huh? you ever start started feeling frightened all of a sudden and try to figure out what it is you're scared of now you know you're in bad shape because you can let it just pass through and keep going but when you try to search your mind and say huh? huh? trying to give it some life huh you're not scared of nothing scared fear is a spirit i was haunted by a spirit of fear i had what they called agoraphobia i was afraid to go out scared of everything and I realized it was a spirit that had attached itself to my life and followed me everywhere. Amen. Because I didn't know anything enough in God to know I could. But the minute I found out, I could tell it what? oh, ho, ho, ho. Huh? been telling devils ever since. What? Do. You got me? See, when you conquer something you've been a slave to, it gets good to you to start. It. You say, well, you get, find me another devil, God. What else is in there I could get rid of? so fear may or may not be specific it tries to caution us not to trust god that's all it's doing when you have a promise and you're reluctant to sign on to it that's fear trying to caution you don't get too carried away with this god thing well, you know, you can't do that because you ain't been, oh, who's in charge? Hey, me, cancel it. You know what I'm saying? It just t- take your little power away from you. Fear responds to us when we have to make a decision. So when you're, there's a decision to make, God tells you, I want you to have whatever, whatever. And you have to decide, do I or don't I? Fear will come into the picture to help you make the decision against what God wants you to do. Anything that says no is not of God. God will let you say yes to something and you eventually never get it. That's a puzzle. And see what we do is wonder what... Stop it. See? See? Because many times, see, that's another sign of not trusting him. Because if you trust him, whether you get it or not. Hello. Hello. Is that going to kill you? See, many times we put too much stock in, in answers and what they mean about us you'll think the whole world's watching you to see if you are going to get what you say you're praying for and that ain't nobody's business but yours and god's but the devil will make it an issue and think you're on display huh? some nut will call you that knew you 15 years ago and knew you were praying for something ask you if you got it yet uh no devil not yet but hide and watch You'll know immediately when I'll ask God to let you be the first one to know. huh? And if I never get it, devil, I still love God. See, I know what you're up to. Trying to steal a love. You think one, uh, my love of God is dependent upon one answer to one prayer? Are you kidding me? And he's done so much for me already? Are you kidding me? Don't fall out with God about, you know, whether you get a raise or not, whether you get a, a wonderful job or not. Every job is wonderful if you go there and it pays your bill. The phrase fear not is God's counsel to your spirit man to tell your flesh to step aside. See, your flesh will not step aside on its own. Your spirit man has to force him over in the corner, huh? Like the little naughty bowel. Eventually, you start obeying that lady. She said, "I'm going to work anyway. <laughs> Just get keep the ba- get the bathroom doorway cleared. But I'm going. To- you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you got to do, you follow through on what your heart desires. These are things God puts in your heart to desire. And you don't want to deny your heart the connection with God to fulfill your life. What are you living for? It's like being a dead person. If you don't allow your heart to cry out to things for God and step into that arena of fulfillment and receiving from God, you know, you might as well just quit let the devil push you around. Still you save and still going to let him push you around? <laughs> I saw a quote. Uh, so You know how people send you these things and, You know and e- Facebook and places like that And Harriet Tubman said I, le- I led a thousand slaves to freedom Would have done a thousand more If they knew they were slaves Amen. You understand what it is? E-D-E It just depends on what your inner man Tells you you are See you can be freed up totally If you understand your inner man Can free you up of everything Your flesh is telling you you can't have that's why, when, when we get hard down serious about something we want, what do we do? Get the scriptures out. You know how to make your spirit man strong enough to fight your flesh from denying you that you can have things. Well, if you don't, you do now. That ought to be room for rejoicing. Huh? Put them up on the, on the kitchen, on the refrigerator. You put them on the lampshade keep that word ever before you hide it in your heart keep it before your eyes when you really want something you know you got to feed your spirit man the word of god body of christ tries to take shortcuts you know oh, I, I want an airplane put a picture of airplane up don't have no scripture inside of you to make it happen come on now done half a job all you doing is wishing again and doing that all your life you can wish without god you don't need god to wish for nothing but you need him to give you faith, to bring it to pass. It's a totally different ball game we're in now, folks. So only your carnal man can embrace fear. Your spirit man is fearless. Your spirit man knows, knows nothing about dark spirits and forces. He only knows faith, confidence, love, the fruit of the spirit. So when the fruit of the spirit, that's why when God, when you pray, the Bible says that if you, if you make your request known to God with thanksgiving, then the peace of God will guard you. You have an umpire over that carnal man. If you will pray and get assurance from God that he'll do it, that's the yes and amen. Amen. See, when you pray, you're saying yes to what God said. You couldn't pray for nothing if God hadn't already told you you could have it. You didn't just get this out of your head, out of nowhere. Oh, one day I'm going I'm to get saved one day, and then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to You didn't get that. That didn't come to you on your own. He's the author and the completer of your faith and everything that it will bring into your life faith in everything it promises so he puts the desire in there what you going to do say no to something he already told you you can have in your heart we refuse to say amen because we scared you know with the weight loss see i'm scared i would love to lose weight but i want to eat everything i want denial it's not just a river in Egypt. it's my life but but guess this, the more I struggle and do that, the less I wait on his grace to afford me the ability to accept his help to do the heavy lifting. See, I still think I'm going to have to, uh, it's going to kill me. You know how we think. Come on now. I'm, I'm going to have to do something, God. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. Ready for what? To say yes and amen. That's all you need to be ready for. And understand that he's not. Listen, Barb. I'm not asking you to say no to your snacks. Because they're all over the house. (laughs) But as the Holy Spirit, I could cause you to forget where they are. (laughs) Forget you like them. Forget but, oh, I'm so scared. You know what? I, I fall under the same condemnation everybody else does when you eat too much. Ah, I'm going to do this. Whoa, oh, it's going to kill me. Huh? That's what we think. And it's so simple. Just say yes and amen, and God, I expect you to do the heavy lifting. Huh? I expect you to do the heavy lifting. It's called Grace. If you don't have not found the way to grace to do it, just expect it to come. But you've got to believe it's there for you because you know God is not putting us back under the law. We got to do this right, that right, that right, that right, or I'm not pleased with you, huh? I know you like to eat when I saved you. <laughs> I saved you appetite and all, huh? In fact, I've got fatter since I've been saved. I was I was smaller that don't mean nothing though but see I still got to walk with God every day to partake of his grace to enable me to trust him not turn the plate down but trust him to take that fear away from me that I can't do it go do it no way see you hear people say stuff like that you say do you hear her She's just scared of not eating. Now, yeah, I am. I'm going to tell you right now. I am. Fear comes up when I think, oh, I can't hear oh, I can't hear it. So I have soup and vegetables and snacks too. <laughs> the snacks are still there. But I'm working on, it this time. working on it. But I know God does the heavy lifting. You see? and one day it'll dawn in my little brain it's real to me now I can quit worrying about this and quit fuming about it quit trying to figure out how to do it right for two days that's about all I last with the you know abstinence thing just like the juicers see I know how I know it don't work because I know how it don't work (laughs) tried it so many times. Amen. Thank God he won't let me go back to the old days when I starved myself. Just so I could fit in. Now talk about getting back into clothes again as the expert. See, I don't want to go back to that anymore. Amen. I really don't. So I'm free of that and waiting on God's grace to pave the way for me to do it under his authority and stay with it. Have confidence that God wants me to get these things done. So that's how we live, folks. That's how we live. Making decisions toward God's promises should never be met with fear. So you don't respect the voice of fear. You don't respect the feeling of fear or the spirit of fear. But say yes, and God will take it from there. If you will say yes and so be it, what you're saying is you're accepting God's conditions and God's terms on which you're going to do these things. So the amen gives him permission to put his plan into effect in your life and expect to be empowered to do his plan. In other words, whatever I need to get fit rid of the snacks, he empowers me to do it, and I'm not sitting there every five minutes going back checking and see what's in there. You got me? Because <laughs> I've done that too. Guilty. Not guilty. Maybe I plead the blood. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it can be a mind game because we put it on such a high. When you take it down and put it under his feet, then he'll start to work with it for you. Instead of putting it on such a high pedestal, we need to bring it down and put it under God's control and make it his footstool. And then he'll begin to grace you to be able to work it out. And he'll work for you. Amen. Amen. Just don't be afraid. Amen. He brings things to pass, not us. The Bible says, well, every time it says, and it came to pass, just as God says, it didn't say man brought anything to pass. God, That's where God tells us to, to fear not. Fear not appears 365 times in the Bible, they say. One for each day. Because your flesh man is going to make you fear doing God's will. And when I say doing God's will, it's to say yes and amen. To accept his conditions and his terms for what's going to happen in your life. Surely you don't think God expects us to put forth effort and toil in all of those things. Amen. Because he wants us to rely on him. Suppose I decided I was going to exercise, get my weight under control because I think the natural root is what's going to preserve my health. When I can't do that anymore, then what? Then you go scrambling for the word all of a sudden. Should have been on the word all along. But if you say yes and amen, then God sets the conditions and you're on the word. So you don't have to fear anything anymore. God will still continue to preserve you and to help you. Trusting God is your key to combating all fear. All fear will leave at the sound of God's word. When you say, God, I'm trusting you for my healing as my healer by your stripes i am healed you sent your word and healed me and delivered me from all destruction not if you drank right your kale fix every morning but he sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from all destruction you stay on the word it's like brother hagan said people say well, what happens when you take when you get sick he said take what i preach take the word that is medicine you know you see what i'm saying And so we can live like that, folks. He's not a rare person. He's human like you and me. Another thing that blocks our ability to say yes to God is unbelief. Because unbelief really blocks your vision to envision what God has for you. It's not not believing. It's believing something contrary to God's word. And what you believe contrary to his word will block you from believing his word so that has to be renounced and moved out of there it's like i told y'all when i first got saved i went to my first bible story and i really loved it because they prayed and everything went well and all of that but i found out when i would hear women talk they were against abortion and i thought it was okay saved and still thought it was okay did that make me not saved? No, that just made me carnal and that gave made, meant I had unbelief where that issue was concerned cuz I was believing what the world had already said about it. See, you have to give yourself the understanding that there will there are things inside of you that you still believe that are contrary to God's word that in due season he will come and uh, pluck out and root out all those things. And you've got to be ready to let them go and give them up and adopt God's word. Amen. Amen. What are you going to say about thou shalt not kill? That's right. Well, you know, and they tell people all kinds of this. it's a blob of cells and it's a kick in it's crack. Listen, if you can go and get an ultrasound at three months, that's a baby to you. That's right. And that's a baby to everybody else. You got me? It is a baby. If you leave it alone, it will be born alive. You got me? There's no two ways about that. It is very clear. In the Bible, Elizabeth was pregnant, an elderly woman. Mm-hmm. So every woman in here over 50 get nervous. You know, that's what I say. You don't know what. When you say yes and amen, say yes and amen. You don't know what's coming with that amen. amen. Huh? But, but Elizabeth, it says, the baby leaped in her womb. It's a baby to God, and that's all that matters. Who is making the determination? If it's a baby to God, it's a baby to me. Uh So I I quit believing what I used to believe, and I began to believe what God says about abortion. Now, let me tell you, if you spend your life defending something that's against the word of God, how many other things in your life does your faith for, say, for instance, if you have a faith for life being valuable at all levels, if, if that's what, you know, if, if, if believing that abortion is wrong causes your mind to accept that life is valuable at all levels of life, what does that do for you as a Christian if you don't believe that? Pretty soon you won't think any life is valuable. You'll be out here just like these heathens that will shoot up anybody and, and curse anybody and tear down anything. You'll be a, a heathen, unharnessed and unbridled, walking through life. Yes. It, will be, it will make you prone to sin and defending sin and other people. Break your relationship with God. Just one one unbelief on something in the scripture can cause a domino effect of problems in your life. That's why God says, listen to what I say. Believe what I say. I don't care what you might think you think about it. You better set your heart to believe what I tell you. Because it will steal your faith for other things. You be sitting up trying to believe God for this and believe God for that. You believe in God for a husband. And God is not going to trust you with his inheritance if you believe in abortion. He ain't going to find you no husband. Unless you got a orange jumpsuit on or something go get you a thug to marry if that's the way you're going treat things you understand what i'm saying you don't deserve anybody holy seriously because if god can't trust you on that issue he can't trust you with a pregnancy he can't trust you with children he can't trust you with his word you go somewhere preaching and start compromising with people are you kidding me you need to sit down somewhere that's the lie of our age yes. and it's just a a, a a baby's not a person has no rights huh well the supreme court said it they said dred scott wasn't a man they said he was property right. huh because and really he was not formally a slave because his so-called master lived in in free states that were free and did not have slavery so he was never really a slave but because of that the supreme court said he was property and not a person just like they say an unborn baby now is property and not a person and we can't have it both ways And in most states, if you shoot and murder a mother who is pregnant, they charge you, they give you two counts of murder. So we can't have it. We got to get out of this confusion in this country, folks. This This is not good. It's already proven to be not good and not right. It won't lead to any good thing. So unbelief blocks our ability to say yes because we can't see or envision ourselves in the place that we desire to be unbelief will block your vision Huh? the devil will see to it you get married and you're christian you still believe abortion's right the devil will see to it you get pregnant and then you got to wrestle with him and decide whether to keep the baby or not you see what i'm saying we got to get rid of this stuff a lot of stuff christians carry around folks they need to get rid of we got too many mixed messages out here too much nonsense that we preach stick with the bible if i can show it to you in the word that helps you to be able to accept it we can school ourselves into faith if we don't believe something right away and that roadblock comes up you give god permission to teach you if it's right or not by saying yes and amen to it the amen is what god does to convince you that his word is true Hey, say, for instance, you, you you don't believe that God will bless you if you tithe, amen, that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, people have chopped that up and dissected it so many ways and messed it up so bad. So you only the only thing left for you to do is let God prove it to you. That's why he put that in the Bible, because he knew preachers would come around and bang people over the head with it and make you feel stupid if you don't and threaten you if you don't, huh? because they feel threatened if you don't you know he need to be using his faith why are you making me do something you need to be believing god for see his faith will help your faith but they try to why don't they do that with fornicating and homosexuality in the church Beat somebody up over here and make them them live sexually pure. Instead of always in the pocket all the time. Saying yes in spite of unbelief. Or convincing ourselves that what we desire is possible with God. Saying yes in spite of unbelief. You may not believe it wholly. The jury might still be out in your mind. Your little carnal man is still holding out. But if you will say yes in spite of your unbelief, if you will say yes in spite of your fear, then God will work to remove whatever hindrance that is blocking you from believing what his word says. That's his job to do that. That's not your job to... Oh, i got to push the word in my head and push this stuff out. You ain't going to do it no way. Now, you can say you're going to do it all you want to, but most of us ain't going to put forth that much effort to believe God. we going to do what we do. <laughs> Just come in here and sit and listen. And not pick the Bible up during the week. We used to. We used to. Huh? Now he'll give your get your hunger back, trust me. Because there's hell out there in some places for Christians now. Anyway, just turn, turn the fire for a little bit more and all the saints will be running and getting their Bible. Amen. Pastor, why don't we have another service on during the week? <laughs> what? What happened to you people? Huh? <laughs> we have to learn how to be wrong as believers. Amen. But at the same time, we need to be wrong and repent and then be blameless and then be not guilty see if you acknowledge that you're wrong and you repent you receive the atonement the blood of jesus cleanses you from all unrighteousness and then you're blameless once you're blameless in something and not guilty then god has a free path to school you and teach you the right way See, it's, it's very easy to learn the things of God without a lot of fear, interference and, and hindrance. Yeah. That's why some people get to confess in the word and saying it over and over and over again, trying to make something happen yeah. in them. Yeah. Don't do that. Amen. See, God is already, right. God it will grace you to be able to hear his word and let it minister to you. Yes. And you pick that word up during the day on the inside of you and let it minister to you some more. See? When pain starts hitting you, you think to yourself, well, what is that? I don't know, why is this, why am I, is that so-and-so? And then something goes off in you and says, I'm healed. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Quit following the bunny trail to get evidence of sickness and, and let the Holy Spirit remind you that you're healed. You didn't just do that on your own. The holy spirit slapped you got you around the corner slapped you and said listen you're healed and you say oh gosh i keep forgetting i'm healed do you understand what? that's how it works See, amen huh? so we have to understand that unbelief is a hindrance but if you say yes and amen to god about whatever it is he desires he works to make that thing real to you. Amen. This happens with other ideas and beliefs that we hold. Pretty much everything that comes to us through the word of God is new or was new was a new idea at some time. And how do you think your faith grew to the point it is where you believe most of what you hear in God's word now? Putting it into operation and action is a different step, but you're free to do it now. You don't feel any hindrance in some things. There are times when the things that God gives us to do will take us to what I call a stronger level of faith. You know, it, 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 you're leaving one, one faith and going to another faith, so to speak. When the Bible says from faith to faith, it means that you have faith in this measure and now you need to get faith in this measure. It takes you from one to the other. Jesus demonstrated how that happens because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, how much time, Tanya, how much time? Seven minutes! Seven minutes! Oh, um, can somebody find the uh, woman with the daughter, that with the devil? The, find that for me if you can find it in your word real quick. I didn't mean to do that, but I will do that and that will be that. Remember, her daughter had a grievously vexed of a devil, and she asked God, and He called her a dog, and all that kind of stuff. And somebody got it. Yes, you don't even have a table oh, of contents. Oh, which, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> it was just I well, whatever. But find her, please. I need a chapter of verse. There she go. Okay, Matthew fifteen twenty two. <laughs> Ava, hey, see, you get it because you're sitting on the front row. What else, what else am I going to mess with? All right. Matthew 15. Behold, verse 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out to the coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now there's something wrong with what she says. Because she doesn't get it at her first request. But it's not her job to run somewhere in emergency and get more faith. You got me? Now pay attention. Everybody's awake. It's Jesus' job as the author and finisher of her faith. Don't you ever let anybody condemn you for lack of faith. Now, if somebody points that out to you by the Spirit of God, embrace it, receive it, and say, Jesus, complete my faith, because I need something here that's going to get me over into receiving and not just wishing, believing, confessing, and hoping, and trying to hold the saints off with my bad confession. Because they're a bunch of piranhas sometimes, you know. It's like sharks swarming around, and you know they see blood, and they start swimming around you. But when is God going to do that for you? Well, how you feeling? Yeah. Oh, are you still taking a treatment? Right. Shark tank. Amen. Jesus, Jesus' job to get you out the shark tank. Amen. He answered her not a word. Answered her not a word. When When God doesn't say anything to you after you're believing him for something, he's working on it. Don't take the silence as an indication of anything except he heard you and he's working on it. Yeah, if you doubt he heard you, be like blind Bartimaeus. He see, see, he kept <laughs> he kept shouting because he couldn't see nothing. He couldn't see Jesus' reaction to him. He said, "Hey, hey, 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 somebody!" He was used to shouting at everything. If he didn't shout, he didn't get nothing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Got to keep him awake, Lord. He says, he he answered not a word. And in the silence, (laughs) all the other unbelievers thought the answer was no. It said the disciples sent her away. They didn't even know what his silence meant. So them saints, them sharks that swimming around you trying to question you on when you going to get something from God. They don't know what God's silence means anyway. So don't go trying to prove nothing to nobody. You've been praying for 15 years and still holding on. You don't know the sweat I've sweated. You don't know the tears I've cried. You don't know the, the pleas I've made to God to let me off the hook. And he still tells me to hold on. Nobody's business but mine and God. So you'll learn how to keep it between you and God. Answered not a word. And they said, send her away. They wanted to treat her like a dog. See, there was something between the Jew and the siren, the, and, the, and the outside of the Greek. The Jews always thought they were better than anybody who didn't have the law, and they didn't follow it either. See, that's for them church-going people and look down at people that don't go to church. What you going for? If they ain't teaching you no more than to look down on people, quit going. Just come on out. Don't be a hypocrite. Just come on out and be like them. Either that or pray for a visitation from God if you're going to stay on up in there. But let's get it down to business. Let's be Christians. So when they answered her not a word, see, they hold off on their true feelings seeing how God is going to treat people. If he treats you right, they love you. If they think he's treating you wrong, you a dog. Get out of here, woman. Get on, of here. Get on out of here. Get on out of here. Get on out of here. And he said, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That did not stop her. She came back again. The first time, it was a little faith. The second time, it's a little more faith. You ever been with some of these people? They call them fighting fundamentalist people. They fight you on everything. That's her. She was fighting the best way she knew how. She said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." She, she looked at these Jewish people and she said, "Y'all ain't no more. they know better than I am. Now I'm a human being just like you are." So she pushed past the bad ushers. <laughs> you ever go spend spend five hundred dollars to get to a conference and a an usher want to keep you from getting up there? See, I didn't walk, I pushed past some of them and told them. I follow them out. They go out in the hallway want to think they told me. I say, so who you think you're talking to? I said, do you know I'm here to receive from God? But I don't say
1: it.
0: <laughs> See, they make you cuss, cuss them out on the way to the altar. Listen, if you cuss at them, don't let that stop you from going. Just repent on the way up there. Say, God, I'm sorry, but, you know, I fight devils best way they can, but this one got under my skin this time. What you going to do, go home sick? I don't think so. See, they're hoping that you just as religious as they are so they can rob you or something. So all religious people do. They rob each other all day long. Jesus said about the Pharisees, you don't enter into the kingdom. You block other people from getting in So she came to worship him and he answered. He said, well, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Huh? He called her a dog. Why? She thought she was one anyway why because she'd been told all her life she was a dog compared to the jews so she said i'm gonna go see what people have in their hearts has to be pure she's probably thinking i'm gonna go up to jesus and see if he's just like all the rest of the jews if he's gonna treat me like the rest of them so jesus called that thing out he said let's put it out there and see what she's gonna do with it when he called it out and she looked at what she thought about herself compared to them she didn't like and she said wait a minute she said i can be a dog but i'm getting some crumbs off the table today you heal my daughter call me a dog if you want to but i still want my daughter healed and he said ow sister great is your faith huh you see how he didn't turn her away and say you don't have enough faith go go home and read your bible or go home and like we try to do, try to get in the word real quick. and mm-hmm. All she had to do was keep reminding Jesus she still wanted her daughter healed. She didn't get out to prayer line. That's all you got to do is stay there until you get your turn. Huh? Many people went to Oral Roberts meetings, a pack full of people. How do I get there? Many people walked away without their healing and never came back again. But the ones who stayed and figured out a way to get it, just stay, keep your position. Don't waver. All you got to do is hold on to what God's given you. And he will complete your faith. He put her in a position where she had to express what she really wanted in her heart, and that's faith. That's where your faith resides. It don't reside in your head trying to figure out a way to impress God with how much you believe him or confess the word enough so He can you can fool him into thinking you really know something about something. Just don't change your confession. Say, God, I still want it. I know a lot of water has gone under the bridge since me and you last talked about this, and it may be too late. But I still want it. I still say yes and amen. I see my error. I see where I got off the road on the wrong place. I still want it, God. I still want it. And it's up to him to complete your faith. If it's not adequate. You see, every time he He threw a ball over there, she batted it back. That's what you do. You know, when the ball is in your court, you serve it right back to God. Say, yep, god but guess what i still want to be here god i still want my promotion i still want my job they told me everything i don't qualify at all but i still want it you are the one responsible to complete my faith so i can get it it's not up to me to do that it's up to you to do that for me jesus because you take care of everything you know what i'm saying Don't let the devil put you on the hook for anything that you're not responsible. You're responsible to say yes and so be it. And leave the rest up to God. Many times we wait for things for years because we got fear in the corner. We keep crawling up in the corner of fear. You're scared of everything. Scared of getting it. Scared of not getting it. Scared of getting old. Scared of being too young. Scared of not having enough scripture, scared of, you know, if, you, if I get in the Bible too much, they say you're going to leave here. I got news for you. The devil is right around the corner to give you something to prove to you you ain't getting too close to God. Got me? You chase an usher down at a Benny Hinn meeting to cut him out and jack him up in the corner, you... You ain't going nowhere because of too much holiness. You got me? Praise God. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to hear your word.